reflecting on this is, this is the way it is. Uh, chanting the the mood, the way of your feeling is to to be aware of the way it is as you're experiencing it right at this moment. Not trying to absolutize the way it is as a something, but the way it is that you can bring into your consciousness. That's why this investigation. Ask yourself, how? What is that? Well, how is it right now? The mood, the the reaction, or the feeling. Does your mind feel clear and bright, or dull, or? indifferent or positive or negative? Does it incline towards negativity or it's what? It's to note the way it is. Regards to the future, just contemplate that what it's like to expect or anticipate the feeling of waiting for something or anticipating, waiting, dreading, worrying, that, that feeling, trying to objectify it, see it as a aramana of the mind. You can identify it as, as a condition of your mind rather than just be caught in, into reactions. Like the, today, what, what do you have to do, that kind of idea that, that one has to do something, or expecting, hoping, worrying, dreading, waiting for something, waiting for something to happen. In establishing with uh, the Consciousness with the breath, the normal breathing, sound of silence, posture of the body, there's consciousness, and the but consciousness can be. One can be conscious and still ignorant, or even crazy people are conscious. So, what we're doing is to use wisdom, panya, wisdom and mindfulness with consciousness. This is why what we why we reflect on the Dhamma, the way it is. Otherwise. We can live in a totally kind of real, unreal world. Our self, our selfish world, is a is a illusion, deluded realm. My world of me and mine, and what I think and feel, and all the 
the things that I've built around myself and my views and my opinions and that is a false world it's not Dhamma it's just delu delusion of the mind so that is consciousness with ignorance being a butuchana a a human being that is a, that is ignorant doesn't know the truth of doesn't see dhamma conceit pride ego this sense of, of me my life my view And isn't that the realm where you spend a lot of your time? And you spend your this experience of birth to death in the in a in an unreal realm. So that's why it's uh, it's it's unsatisfactory. It's dukkha to be a personality and be somebody, be anything at all. Whatever you think you are, that is is a kind of unsatisfactoriness. It will always be unsatisfying. Now notice uh, the the Buddha realm is the realm of mindfulness and reflection, observation, awakenness. The, you, the mind is awakened, alert. There's wisdom. It's not conditioned knowledge, is it? You're not, you know, when you're reflecting on Dharma, it's not a matter of, it's not like Abhidharma or, or having a lot of, of, uh, interesting theories and concepts that you picked up from textbooks or teachers or sages. You're just examining the arising and the cessation of conditions, of conditionality. So in this ability to contemplate and reflect on the way things are, that is impersonal, isn't it? That's not, not uh, a personal trait at all. Because any personal traits are observed as dhammas, as what are as sankharas, as what arises ceases. You're seeing the dhamma of it, of personality of mood and feeling, of attitude, of reactions, fears and desires. So that is a impersonal, transcending the personal qualities, personal karma, individuality, 
That's why we can, we, when we do this, when, we're, when there is mindfulness, then that is a sense of sangha, or communion, community, refuge in sangha. When we're practicing in the right way, supatipano, ujupatipano, yaya patipano, samiji patipano, practicing in the right way, properly, Because the Sangha, refuge in Sangha, always has this, Sangha means a community, group. So a refuge isn't in, if it was just in Buddha and Dhamma, and there are no Sangha, then it, there would still be this uh, sense of, of being alone, of me, or a sense of separation, or there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be the the uh, feeling or the, the refuge in a community of beings practicing the Dhamma tend to give the impression of, of more like hermetic experience. Going off alone and practicing, developing the practice around reflecting on the Aramana or the objects, conditions. But the third refuge is, is, uh, gives the perspective, uh, a practical perspective of, of being a member of a community. So that integrates us in the community of other uh, human beings. We're not her hermits outside the community, leaving the community. The Sangha, there's the Bhikkhu Sangha, there's the Arya Sangha, there's kind of different ways of contemplating Sangha. So Sangha doesn't imply just Bhikkhus or Siddhadras or Anagarikas, but also lay people, anyone who is practicing in the right way, is that refuge is in Sangha. The monastic Sangha is a, a conventional, obviously, kind of visual form and style that is like a Buddha Rupa, a symbol. When we see, like when, when we look at each other, we're looking at uh, that it reminds us of Sangha more than, say, this person or that person. I mean, if we just look at, if we look at the shaven head in the robe, then we, the mind connects to the, to the perception of Sangha rather than this person or that person. When we look at the face, then we get back into our reactions to to person, to personalities. You say, oh, that's Jnana Dasi, that's, that's Pema, that's Chandrasiri. They have personality. We have uh, perceptions of them as people. But they, that is uh, natural enough, but we need to see that as, as a conditioning of the mind rather than 
believing that our perceptions of anybody is is a person, is a real solid, ongoing, permanent person. So the visual impression of a shaven head and robed samanas, the perception is sangha. It reminds us the, the re remembering of sangha, the third refuge. That goes for the monastic sangha as well as the lay people. Lay people tend to we don't they 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 all dress according to their the way they their taste. So it tends to be it doesn't have the the continuity of a sense of sangha because each one has their own particular hairstyle and way they they present themselves in um, peril and so forth. where the conformity of the uh, monastic sangha is, there's not much you can do to emphasize your personality with a monk's robe. Some monks are neater than others. So. <laughs> the best you can do. So this refuge in Sangha brings us in as a practicing, uh, a being who practices the Dhamma in the right way, as a member of society. That we're not going outside onto a mountaintop, but living within the society, the, the monastic uh, the Vinaya forces us to live in a close relationship with the lay community. We have to live in physical proximity to the lay community. We're not self-sufficient, independent hermits or a community that that's self-sufficient as isolated in itself. We don't kind of, we can't, we have to, we depend upon, we're dependent. So that's, that's the refuge in Sangha. We live, we're, we're part of, we, we live within the community. Our presence, our physical presence, our, our uh, is is one to to be felt with a, within the community. But the refuge is in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. These three refuges. So that is the those that is the uh, the pattern, the paradigm those are perceptions, yes, but that 
that they help us to reflect, to contemplate the way things are. We're not idealizing Sangha in, in uh, kind of utopian idealism around the idea of Sangha, these wonderful, wonderful beings who practice the Dhamma. Because we're aware of Sangha as, as uh, just the human experience, living within the limits and restraints of, say, the moral precepts, practicing meditation in very humble ways. It's not an ethereal Sangha or an idealized Sangha. It's you and me, it's, it's, it's flesh and blood human, humanity, but practicing in the right way contemplating things as they are, and things as we experience them, in all our, the delusions of our own mind, the, the hang-ups, the, the uh, obsessions of our mind, our character tendencies, our weird habits, our perverted views, our idiosyncrasies. our madness and stupidity, all of it is seen as what was uh, from the Buddha contemplating the Dhamma. It's not, it's not interpreted anymore on the personality level. I am. So if you see the value of a, of a refuge, then you can honestly and very realistically look at anything. There's nothing to fear. You, you have the freedom and the safety to look at, at anything, you know, the worst or the things you're most frightened of, the uh, fears of your mind, the obsessions can be observed as aramana, that, that as objects, the Buddha contemplating the way it is, that whatever is subject to rising is subject to ceasing. To say here on this retreat, this sense of community, of sangha, community, we're not here judging each other on a personal level. If we are, then we're not practicing in the right way. We're not part of a Sangha. We've made ourselves into some kind of special uh, uh, eccentric personality outside the Sangha until we see that when we do that, that sense of me and mine and, and all that as a condition, as Sankara, impermanent, unsatisfactory and not-self. We restrain ourselves within the limits of the, say, like the eight precepts for the lay people and uh, lay supporters of all determined to live within that res uh, restriction and restraint of the eight precepts. The Siladaras with their uh, ten precepts because with the Pratimokha.
So as far as action speech goes, we restrain ourselves. But as far as reflection and understanding of Dhamma, then, then all of it, all forms of, of uh, fears and desires and hang-ups and obsessions and whatever it might be in, in, from its uh, refined to its coarse qualities can be witnessed, seen as whatever subject to arising is subject to ceasing. Now notice uh, the, like the cessation of self, when there's no sense of me and mine, and not, there's no thought. In uh, same when there's no, to witness, observe, and notice when there's no, there's no feeling or thought of me and mine. Like this. So that that is a conscious, witnessed in a conscious way. It's, you're bringing uh, the empty mind, the mind where there's no, you're not creating a person. You're, you're noticing that. You're bringing it into a fully conscious experience. think right now there's no self. Don't feel any sense of, of being a person at this moment. There's a, a... I'm reflecting on it out loud. I'm using even the pronoun, I am reflecting. It's just convention, but there's not a sense anymore. It's just this way. Then if, if the self arises in the moment, it's, notice what it's like. It's, uh, doubt and worry and uh, forms of greed and wanting things, not wanting things, liking and disliking, being frightened, upset, offended. Anxious, jealous, envious, restless, 